0: For your support. It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Tuesday, November 17th, 2015. It's as if the church has, like, no discernment whatsoever. Yeah, apparently uh, Christians now, uh, they prefer a steady diet of nonsense. They prefer it that way, you know. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Rosebro. I am your servant in Jesus Christ. And this is the program that dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment, the goal of which, help you to think biblically, help you to think critically, help you slow down, stop, open up your Bible, and compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. No shortage of crazy things being said out there. We actually take the time to open up our Bibles and compare With the most popular pastors, preachers, teachers, conference speakers, self-proclaimed prophets, prophetesses, self-proclaimed apostles and apostolates, and those put forward by the evangelical industrial complexes, those whom we need to be listening to, whose books, you know, we need to be buying, whose, you know, small group curriculums we need to be studying instead of, you know, the written word of God, uh, to see if what they're saying actually squares with what God's word says. Is it sound biblical doctrine Is it orthodox Christianity, or is it something completely different? And then are they, well, you know, teaching for shameful gain the things that they ought not to teach? Now, today's episode of Fighting for the Faith will lead off with something that is just absolutely bizarre. And uh, what I mean by that is, well, we all know uh, about the terrible terrorist attacks that occurred last Friday night in Paris. Well, um, the uh, televangelist, Kenneth Copeland, has stepped in, flexed his, you know, uh, authority and, and dominion muscles, and he's taken control of the situation. Yeah, um, and, you know, so the people in Paris, apparently they've been saved is the way I can describe it. But what you're going to hear from Kenneth Copeland doesn't even remotely sound Christian. It's something completely different, you know. I, I remember back to uh, when nine eleven happened and the United States was attacked by terrorists, and the churches were full uh, after the attacks. And uh, and unfortunately, that didn't last very long. But there was a supreme sense of we need to pray, we need to ask God for help. Well, apparently, we're like way beyond the petitioning God and praying things. Uh, no, Kenneth Copeland. He's decreeing and declaring, and so we're gonna listen in to um, a portion of a uh, service at Kenneth Copeland's Believers' Voice of Victory. Uh, what, I don't know if that's a—it's not a Christian fellowship, maybe a synagogue of Satan, but not a Christian fellowship. And uh, listen to what it is that uh, he did over this past weekend. Apparently, you know this. The people of France, you know, have nothing to worry about at all, you know, because, you know, he just went in and, you know, just, you know, got to the demonic root and solved it. And uh, and so we'll, we have a money-grubbing televangelist update. We'll stay with the money-grubbing televangelist theme and uh, listen to Larry and Tiz Huck and their rati- latest um, uh, television program, on um, being an agent of God's blessing and uh, how to become one of God's bankers. Yeah, I have no idea what any of that means. But uh, <laughs> then then in hour number two, and yeah, it's going to take all of the first hour to kind of walk through all of this stuff. In hour number two, uh, we're going to head down to Momentum Church in Woodstock, Georgia. And <laughs> just, I mean... Listen to a a painful sermon is the best way I can put it. Absolutely painful. Um, A gal by the name of Stephanie Robinson, who's apparently the pastor of Connections at uh, Momentum Church. They gave the pulpit to her this past Sunday. And uh, uh, the name of the sermon (laughs) series is Hashtag. And the name of her sermon is Hashtag. So it's Hashtag, Hashtag. And... I, You know, I just don't know why anybody who would call themselves a Christian would believe that they're being discipled, that this was something that was building them up in their understanding of Scripture and what it means to be a Christian and, and the great doctrines of the Christian faith. I mean, literally, it's as if the church, you know, the visible church, has been handed over to just abject nonsense it you know if i were to in fact i'm convinced that we're it's gotten so bad that somebody could literally stand up in a seeker driven pulpit although they don't have pulpits stand up on a seeker driven stage and go jesus and people will go oh that's just amazing Bruh, jesus whoa oh, wow yeah you know <laughs> sit there and go what 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 is that you know, the guys. I mean, this is kind of the equivalent of it. It's blah 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 blah. Jesus blah 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 blah. Jesus. See, it's got to be Christian because he said Jesus. Well, he didn't say anything. When you examine the the tape and review the sentences, there, yeah, there were nouns and verbs and stuff, but none of that was an actual lucid biblical teaching. So, yeah, that's what's going to be today's episode of Fighting for the Faith. I strongly recommend that you make yourself comfortable. We have a little bit of ground that we need to cover. And since what we're going to be covering next is so just utterly bizarre... Uh, I'll play our standard warning, and then we'll get into it. Here we go.
1: Warning. Fighting for the faith can be dangerous to your health. Listening with caution is strongly urged while doing any of the following activities. Operating heavy, deadly equipment, playing Farmville, or any time-wasting, brain-numbing activity. For sudden awakening at the sound of a particularly stupid isogetical statement could cause neck strain.
3: I've got ninety Yep, time for a money-grabbing televangelist I've twin spin 80, update. I've got French francs in my fridge. I've got lots
0: of lovely lira, now the Deutsche Bank's getting dearer, and my dollar bills would buy the Brooklyn Bridge. There is nothing
4: quite as wonderful as money.
0: There is nothing quite as beautiful
4: as cash. Some people say it's folly, but I'd rather have the lolly.
5: With
0: money you can make a splash. There is nothing quite as wonderful as money. money, 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 money. It's nothing like a newly minted money, pound. Money, 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 money. Everyone a must anger for a the bunchness of a, a banker. banker. It's a currency that makes the world go round, round, round. round you
4: can keep round, round, your Marxist ways but it's only just a phase. For it's money, money, money makes the world go. Round. Money, 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 money.
0: Now that's right, the Monty Python money song. That's one of the <coughs> tunes that we use for our money-grubbing televangelist update. Uh, again, you have been warned, if you're not sitting down, you really, 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 really want to be sitting down, I don't want you to get hurt in what it is that you're about to hear. We head over to the Believer's voice of victory, and Kenneth Copeland, he, sir, has uh, taken dominion over the devil and the demons in charge of France. Yeah, that's what it is that you're about to hear. Here's um, Kenneth Copeland, not praying for France, but apparently taking dominion over the demons responsible for the terrorist attacks out
2: there in uh, Paris. You know what I mean? Here we go.
6: Hallelujah. Thank 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 you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is there anyone in the building here tonight that is a French citizen, citizen of France? Anyone at all? Would, would, you, would you mind coming up here, please?
0: All right. Some woman is coming forward saying that she is a citizen of France. Hey, Amen. Amen. I saw myself laying hands on someone from France. Notice he claims that he saw someone laying hand, you know, laying hands on someone from France, only after someone from France was actually in the um, in the audience. Uh-huh. Right, really convenient for you to say that after the fact.
6: And we're going to believe God, and we're going to stop that foolishness that's going over over there right now.
0: Uh-oh, yeah, that's right. You terrorists who've been put on notice, uh, well, you yeah, know, Kenneth Copeland, he's hes going to stop that foolishness that's going on over there in France. Uh, the, the devil better take notice here. Yeah, he, Kenneth Copeland's getting serious. <laughs>
6: Let's take care of business, and I'll tell you something about it.
0: Yeah, you, you get right to it. Yeah. I mean, why didn't you do this before, you know? Why would you just kind of, like, preemptively do this, like, you know, for all of the Western nations while you're at it?
6: Amen. Huh. Well, praise God. Yeah, thank you, Lord. There's your healing right there. Praise God.
0: Uh, Apparently he's uh, giving a healing to uh, this, although she's not manifesting any kind of physical symptoms that I'm aware of. Okay. Now,
6: I'm not. am not going to. Gloria, would you would you come help me, please?
0: Yeah. The, now the next part of it is kind of sets up like a magic trick or something. This is really more along the lines of group hypnosis.
6: Thank you, Lord. I, I want you to hold her hands, Gloria. Now, I'm not going to touch her until the Spirit of God signals me to.
0: Right, yeah, right. And then he'll touch her, and then you'll know the Spirit of God has come upon Kenneth Copeland. huh? Now, I want you to get your faith ready right now. My my what? <laughs> okay, everybody, you need to get your faith ready. What does that sentence mean? Where in Scripture does it teach us to get our faith ready? Re- ready for what? What are you talking about? My faith is in Christ. What do you mean, get my faith ready? Like Like putting on some clothes or something? You know, you know.
6: And... When I lay hands on her. Yeah. At that moment, I will speak the name of Jesus. Right. And when I do, I want you to shout with every fiber of your being, because we're going to pull that demon down over there that's pulling that thing.
0: Huh. So, uh, <laughs> so he's going to. Say something, the Spirit of God's gonna come on him. He's gonna touch the girl and shout the name Jesus. And if you have your faith ready, then you can tear down the demon that's doing that nonsense out there in Paris. Right. Yeah. And if you believe this, I got a bridge I'd like to sell you in New York. Now,
6: we would have a certain amount of authority because we're in the body of Christ. Uh-huh. And we have brethren over there that are having to deal with this. Yeah. But the Lord said no. There will be someone there tonight that's from France, and and he said this will give you complete authority.
0: Do you agree with this? John? Oh, I see. So so somebody from France happened to be at the Believers' Voice of Victory, Kenneth Copeland's whatever this is, and because you know there was somebody from France there, that means that you know God was telling you know Kenneth Copeland that that's giving them the authority you know to tear down the demon that's doing all that nonsense over there in France uh huh right yeah remember when he took authority over Ebola yeah amen hallelujah
6: father we do praise you and thank you
0: now I'm going to note here they're not really praying yeah we'll, we'll get to that in a second
6: we thank you for the move of the spirit of God all over Europe Especially in France. The outpouring of the Spirit of God there is so marvelous. It's just powerful going on. Powerful,
2: yeah.
0: You found... Uh, and now, now the devil's on notice. Now he's speaking to the demon. He's not actually speaking to God. <laughs> Makes you wonder, was he talking to the devil the whole time? He, okay, so well, the, de- the demon's being put on notice Starting off with him being addressed as You foul. Okay, we continue Unclean yeah, Foul, unclean thing
6: Yeah Ruler of the darkness Of this world Uh-huh You don't rule us right. We're children of the light yeah. We're born of the light and we wear the armor of light.
0: Well, aren't you precious? You
6: spirit of murder, mayhem, lawlessness. Not only in Paris, but in other cities in France. You mob demon. We, as a solid front, this congregation of people and all of us online, thousands and thousands of
0: us. We break your power. Uh, huh. <clears throat> we break your power, really? Uh <laughs> huh. You, you think this is gonna work, really?
6: We take dominion over you now.
0: Uh huh. We take dominion over you now. Really? Yeah. Uh huh. Okay.
6: Come down from your place of authority in the name
4: of Jesus!
0: And then he grabs the woman by the head. Wonder if she's gonna fall backwards here. And everyone's shouting, hooping, and hollering and stuff. Um... Yeah, so do you think that this was effective? Yeah. And they're all shouting, caught up in the moment, apparently believing they have all kinds of authority here. Yeah, let me read a passage of Scripture to you from the uh, Epistle of Jude, because I think this uh, actually comes into play. Uh, Jude 5, now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels, who did not stay with their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he's kept in eternal Janes under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality, pursued unnatural desire serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Yet in like manner, these people, these false teachers that Jude's warning us about, relying on their dreams, they defile the flesh, they reject authority, and they blaspheme the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, the archangel Michael did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment But he said, The Lord rebuke you. But these people blaspheme all that they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. Woe to them! For they have walked in the way of Cain. They have abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error. That would be for sure Kenneth Copeland. And they've perished in Korah's rebellion. I think that applies to him, too. These are hidden reefs at your love feast. As they feast with you without fear, shepherds who feed only themselves, they are waterless rain clouds swept along by winds, fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea casting up the foam of their own shame. They are wandering stars for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved for ever. We continue. people of france need to take heart the folks over at kenneth copeland's church uh they've shouted you know and kenneth copeland he's torn down you know the demon thingy no, notice this ain't prayer folks i don't know what this is oh hallelujah yeah what are you hallelujah about you haven't done anything Hallelujah. Except for shouted out some words, you know.
6: Hallelujah!
0: Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh glory, 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 glory! Oh wait, there's more. I mean, while we're at it, let's—I mean, let's all get a blessing out of this too. Watch what happens next. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. What are you thanking him for? The Lord. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Everyone's patting themselves on the back like they've done something. They haven't done nothing except for make fools of themselves. What they should have done is get on their knees and petition and ask God to help us. And to pray for our enemies. By the way, Scripture is very clear on this. We as Christians are to pray for our enemies. And that means to pray for those who are in bondage to Islam. And those who are in ISIS. Which is a demonic religion, folks. To pray for them. Pray that God opens their eyes. Pray that God sets them free. Pray that God brings them to penitent faith in the true Jesus. And that they would reject the teachings of Muhammad and Allah, and be forgiven for their sin and their rebellion and their murder, that we are to pray for them. Yeah, he he hasn't done that. He's just decreed and declared that he has dominion over some foul spirit thingy and claims that he's torn it down. Uh Uh-huh. Thank you, Lord.
6: Now... This moment while we're in the, this place
0: yeah yeah there's more you get some free ginsu knives with whatever he's done too you know and on this this spiritual place here yeah
6: and take dominion over any incident in your family what Pastors, over any incident that's going on in your church right now.
0: Uh, so, so start taking dominion and authority because of all the spiritual stuff that's happening right now. You know, just take quick, take dominion and authority. Capitalize on this moment, whatever it is, and start you know decreeing and declaring dominion over things. This isn't prayer. This is the opposite of prayer. No one has actually humbly asked God for any help whatsoever. They're just audaciously claiming that they have authority, as if they're gods themselves.
6: Take this moment, you—you you, see, there's there's something about corporate faith. I mean, one put a thousand to flight, two put ten thousand to flight in in the realm of the spirit.
0: Out of context
6: take advantage of this right now take dominion take it right now do it right now right where you stand take dominion over that situation in your marriage take dominion over your over situation where your children take dominion over situations in your business take dominion over situations in your own town in your own city amen don't put up with that
0: Yeah, don't don't pray to God. Just don't put up with any situations that you might be in. You don't pray and ask God for help. No, no, just don't put up with it and start taking dominion. Uh Uh-huh. Nowhere does scripture tell us to do this. Thank you, Lord.
6: Thank you, Lord. Thank you. What are you thanking him for again?
0: Now give the Lord praise and thanksgiving. He hasn't done anything. You haven't asked him to do anything. Hallelujah. So there you go. Um, Yeah, I I don't know what that was. Uh, That wasn't Christian prayer. That had nothing to do with Jesus Christ. But apparently, you know, he's really, you know, patting himself on the back because, you know, he's torn down, you know, the foul spirit thingy that was doing the thingy in France and, uh, you know, causing all the mayhem and murder and stuff out there. So the people of France, they're saved now. I mean, you know, thankfully, the the prophet Kenneth Copeland has mercifully come to their aid and and spiritually, you know, just, you know, lit off a spiritual nuclear device of some kind. And uh, yeah complete and utter nonsense that's not prayer i don't know what that was it's just a show really designed to ultimately um, make money for kenneth copeland i think that's what that's all All right, we're up on our first break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkback at fightingforthefaith.com, or you can subscribe on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash Pyro Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there at Pyro Christian. Quick break when we come back. We have a Larry Huck update, more uh, <clears throat> televangelist, and it's utter nonsense, is what it is. Stay tuned, don't want to miss it. We'll be right back.
3: Jesus did not die for your
1: 401k. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith.
3: You're listening to Pirate Christian Radio. We'll be taking your false doctrine now. <laughs>
6: I'm right,
0: Circus Church would like to apologize to all of our listeners. Normally we do parody here at Monty Python's Flying Circus Church. Unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances and the current miserable state of the church, uh, we can no longer parody the church because the church just parodies itself. For proof of this particular concept, uh, we now present to you um, the uh, Holy Ghost okey pokey I'll tell
5: you, three weeks ago, we did a Friday Night School of
4: Spirit and we saw twelve people heal the word of knowledge, and forty healed during the Holy Ghost hokey pokey. Let's just go ahead and do that. See what the Lord does. You guys okay to do the Holy Ghost hokey pokey? Can you lead it? All right, Brian's going to lead us in the Holy Ghost hokey pokey. You can Put your right hand in. Put your right hand out. You put your right hand in. Your right hand out, you put your right hand in, you take your right, hand out, you put it in, and you shake it, and you shake it all about. You put your left, hand in, you take your left, hand out, you put your left, hand in, you take your left, hand out, you put your left, hand in, you take your left, hand out, out. put it in. Shake it, and you shake it all about. You put your right foot in, you take your right foot out. You put your right foot in, you take your right foot out. You put your right foot in, you take your right foot out. Put it in, and you shake it, and you shake it all about. Oh, you put your left foot in, put your left foot out. You put your left foot in, you put your left foot. Put your left foot in, put your left foot out, put it in, and you shake it, and you shake it all out You take your whole self self in, in. you shake your whole self out. You do your whole self in, you do your whole self out. put your whole self in, put your whole self out. Now jump in,
5: jump in, and shake. it
0: Glory. Glory. Healing. Miracle. Healing. Miracle. I, uh, when I started doing the hokey pokey at first with the arms, it had nothing, nothing real effect. But then, as soon as I just started, we started doing the whole we we'll put your left foot in, your right foot in, both of
6: my knees, you know, one at a time. I could just feel all of a sudden it's like there was no pain. I said, you said, start checking yourself. I just Squat down. That's awesome. Thank you, Lord, for new knees. In yes, Jesus' name. Come on. Come on.
5: Uh, I've had back problems most of my life. And a couple of we- about a week ago, my back had gone out, and it was somewhat better, but it was still sore uh, up until today. And when we did that hokey pokey, she came up and testified all the pain. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Let's do it. Ooh, shake it. Shake it. Shake it all about. You put your whole head in, take your whole head out. You put your whole head in, take your whole head out. You put your whole head in, take your whole head out. And put it in, and you shake it, and you shake it all about. And you shake it out, and you shake it, 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 you
5: shake it.
3: Every summer for the past 15 years, youth have been immersed in the waters of their baptism at Higher Things conferences. On January 2nd, we invite college students and young adults to the campus of Concordia University, Chicago for an evening spent drinking from the fire hose of the gospel. This unique Higher Things Lutheran Unconference will begin with a service of vespers and end with evening prayer. In between, seven incredible Lutheran pastors will take the stage for just 20 minutes each. A sit-down dinner will be provided with a QA and a session with a speaker panel. Registration is just $100 per person. Go to higherthings.org for more information. That's higherthings.org
0: Warning, listening to Fighting for the Faith could cause you to think that decreeing and declaring is not the same thing as actually praying. Because it's not. Just a reminder, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you and your generous gifts and financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you into the world. And you can partner with us by visiting our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you'll see our two friendly yellow buttons that are, like, right there, right in the middle of the page. And uh, click on one of them. One says donate, the other says join our crew. When you're joining our crew... You are basically agreeing and signing up to automatically contribute on a monthly basis a a different, you know, a, a money amount. Okay. Lowest rank, and you can choose your rank. Lowest rank is Powder Monkey, and we're looking for 600 new Powder Monkeys. If fighting for the faith has been a benefit to you, helped you understand sound biblical doctrine and teaching. Has uh, opened your eyes and set you free and comforted you with the gospel and, and what the Bible really does say, then uh, please partner with us by joining our crew. And the lowest rank is Powder Monkey at nine ninety five a month. Next is Gunner's Mate at twenty four ninety five. Master Gunner at forty nine ninety five, and Quartermaster at tw- at ninety nine ninety five. And anybody who has signed up and joined our crew at gunner's mate rank or above from the time we launched the new website uh as soon as we get the supplies in we will send you out a uh, a bottle of pirate christians four blood moons fiery shmita sauce <laughs> to help spice up your apocalypse and uh and of course we'll be making those available you know individually if you'd like to purchase them you can do that as well and uh, that that's just our way of saying thank you for the people who've joined our crew at you know and um, help keep us going because we, we truly, honestly cannot do what we are doing without your help. Of course, if you'd like to uh, make a one-time contribution, you can do so by clicking on the Donate button, or you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith. Send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. All right, moving along, we're, we're going to do a, uh, a twin spin here of the money-grubbing televangelist. And see if you can make any sense of this teaching from Larry and Tiz Huck. You know, this is a, you know, a very popular Christian television program. And they're not teaching sound doctrine. I, I just don't know what this is. You know, it's it's as if there's this really strong delusion that has overcome much of the visible church, and if you just say whatever gobbledygook you want, people say, Oh, I got to support that. But as soon as you start saying sound biblical doctrine, preaching repentance and the forgiveness of sins, and historic orthodox biblical Christianity, <laughs> yeah, we don't want to have anything to do with that. Here's Larry and Tiz Huck to explain to us how we become agents of God's blessing and becoming one of God's bankers. Yeah, here we go
2: hi everybody we're larry and tiz huck and welcome to today's broadcast you know someday we all look forward to this happening that we're standing before the lord and he looks at us and he says well done
0: thou good Mm. and faithful steward um servant well done thou good and faithful servant um yeah um boy that's weird um Already, with the Bible twisting is beginning. He changed the word "servant" to "steward." And when does that happen? By the way, the the day of judgment, the last day, right? Word "steward" is the word "shalak." Mm. It means one who is sent
2: with the power of eternity. Yes. One who is sent with authority. Can you imagine if the Lord came today? Yeah. And He would say to you and I, "Well done, Ooh. thou good and faithful servant." Mm. But the thing of it is, what if he doesn't come right now? Yeah. yeah. Stay- <laughs> right. Tiz and I are going to show you how today yeah. the Lord can say to you, well done, mm. thou good oh, and faithful servant. And not someday the yeah. reward will come, yeah. but today when we do what God tells us to do.
0: Stay- uh-huh. So not someday, but when today, you know, you can get the... Uh, the um, the reward today <laughs> I had no idea that that's how that works. okay, this is going to be interesting for sure. so let me fast forward because from that point on they uh they go through the you know the the music and the credits you know to kind of lead into the program and then they get back into the teaching so here here we go. we continue with Larry and Tiz Huck on the other end of that.
2: In the last several months, and, it, and it's such an exciting thing. We've been talking about to have eyes to see. Jesus yeah. said, "There's those who have eyes but they don't see." Yeah. And, and what that means is, is, the, and, and when Jesus said, "You have eyes to see," or Moses turned to see the burning bush. Yeah. There's the word to see, via R. But when <laughs>
0: <laughs> man, he's quick on that. But by the way, the uh, the trick about what he's up to, the, the thing that he's doing. To pull the wool over people's eyes, is he's in the New Testament and then he's quoting Hebrew words in the New Testament. You gotta understand this. God the Holy Spirit inspired the New Testament to be written in not Hebrew, in Koine Greek. And so, you know, when he sits there and he says, yeah, We need to look at this Hebrew word, and then he's quoting a New Testament passage, he's engaging in a fast one. And boy, he just slips in and out of this so quickly, it's hard to. Catch by the way, a good, and, well done, good and faithful servant. Matthew twenty five twenty three. the The Greek word is doulos, slave, servant, not, uh, not steward. Yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, he's engaging in a fast one here, and he's really fast in his fast ones. That's kind of the tricky part about it. We continue. And you're seeing
2: what God is doing. There's a yod. And yeah. when that yod is yeah. in there, it's seeing what God is doing. That's awesome. And what are you talking about? I don't think he knows Hebrew. It's such an amazing thing. And, and, and it yeah. excites me so much to tell people about the four blood moons,
0: about yes. being in the year of Schmidt. Oh, uh, by the way, real quick, we'll do a little bit of cleanup work also here. Before I forget, because he goes so fast, it's like the machine gun of, of false teaching. Man. Uh, When Jesus says the one who has eyes to see and ears to hear, yeah, there's a context in which that is appearing, and it has nothing to do with, you know, whatever it is that Larry and Tiz Huck claim that they're talking about. Uh, We'll start at Matthew 13. I'll start at verse 1, and we'll apply our three rules for sound biblical exegesis, which are context 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 because i want you to see the context in which this appears sorry i'm having a hard time keeping up i mean this guy just it's like it's happened so fast anyway he says that same day at matthew 13 1 that same day jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down and the whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things in parables See, up to this point, Jesus was speaking plainly, but he's receiving opposition to his message and to his person. And so at this point, Jesus' solution is that now he's going to teach them, not openly and not plainly, he's going to teach people in parables. So he told them uh, many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. And the disciples came to him and said, Why are you speaking to them in parables? And he answered, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's hearts... Has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart. And turn, and I would heal them. So, what Larry Huck did in quoting Matthew 13 out of context is try to create the impression that you know he's the guy who has ears to hear, eyes to see, and ears to hear. And because he's got these mysteries that we're supposed to understand so that we can apply so that Jesus will say to us right now, well done, good and faithful servant, so that we can receive the rewards from God now, which is, you know, this is just all just utter nonsense. But we continue about going into the year of Jubilee.
2: Because God doesn't want any of us to miss out on his blessing.
0: And I believe... Oh, yeah. See, God doesn't want any of us to miss out on his blessing. You know, Shemitah, Jubilee, Four Blood Moons. Yeah, which, by the way, those have all passed. Um, We're no longer in a Shemitah year at all. Uh, Four Blood Moons, history. Yeah, it's done. It's, it's, It's over. And you want to know what happened? Nothing absolutely nothing happened but larry huck hasn't been teaching doom and gloom he's been teaching that you know this is an opportunity for you know the portals of of heaven to open up and and this this amazing blessings that'll come but you got to give him money because that's really what he's into
2: thousand percent that this is is launching us in we don't know tis when the messiah is coming yeah. But it's launching us into the time of the Messiah right, right. where there is going to be the windows of heaven opened up there's yeah. going to be financial change Amen. where yeah financial change yeah there's going to be signs and wonders in the yep. book of Acts of the latter reign yeah and this is why we this is how I got into studying about being um an apostle yeah where in the wor- uh
0: you, you claim to be an apostle yeah that office is closed. Um, yeah, read Acts chapter 1, the uh, qualifications for being an apostle. You have to be an eyewitness of the resurrection of Jesus and have to have been with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. you ain't no apostle. In the Greek word, it's the word apostle. Right. In Hebrew, it's the word
2: shalak. Yes. And someday,
0: really, shalak,
2: okay, after the rapture, mm-hmm. the Lord will hopefully will all stand before the Lord and he'll say, Well done, Amen. thou good and faithful Amen. servant yeah. or
0: steward are the uh, yeah no um the word is doulos servant slave well done good and faithful servant it's not this it is not the hebrew word shaliach that is appearing there in this text hebrew word shalak mm. and when we
2: began to study yeah. this first we started studying about the end time transfer of wealth
0: yeah the the the, the what. So if you haven't got in on this end time transfer, clearly I'm doing something wrong. (laughs) How do I get in on this end end times transfer of wealth? (sighs) And that led
2: us into the power of God, the anointing of God, the Holy Spirit of God,
0: Uh the Shekinah glory manifesting itself. Yes, You're just throwing out Bible words and none of them make any sense. The way you're using them, prove that God is God, and it led us to this word
2: Shallock. And I can't teach it all in these programs, but we've yeah, got it in this teaching. Too much. Please yeah. get it. It's yeah. A, it's...
0: yeah. So yes, yeah, sp- send money to Larry Huck so that you can get you know his DVD teaching on how to become God's banker. What on earth is this? Amazing oh, revelation. So... No, it's not. It's an amazing abomination and blasphemous false teaching. But. We all know that there's going to be an end time transfer of wealth. Yeah, we do. (laughs) I've been reading the Bible for decades and I had no idea.
2: The wealth of the wicked is going to be put into the hands of the righteous, the righteous. But the word righteous in Hebrew is those who are doing acts of kindness. Now, let me. (laughs) (laughs)
1: This
0: is so weird. I mean, I don't think you can diagram these sentences. I mean, there, this is there's no lucid outline here.
2: That again, you and I know this, and most of you know this, right? But for those of you that don't, listen, li- listen. This is why we study the Bible through the
0: eyes of a Jewish Jesus. Uh, you claim that's what you're doing, but far from it. I actually know Hebrew and Koine Greek, and <laughs> you are not actually doing. But you're claiming this is nonsense. When Jesus said, don't you worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where... This is
2: from the Sermon on the Mount, yeah? You're going to live. Don't you worry about that. Yeah. That's what Gentiles, that's what those who have no covenant worry about. You and I who know the Lord, you and I who know the seven places that Jesus shed his blood... (laughs) What? What? understand that we have a blood covenant yeah with God and those of us who are in Christ yeah. are heirs to the promises Amen. of Abraham uh, yep. right okay yep. so when the Lord says don't we're not to worry about what we're going to wear what we're going to eat we're not going to worry about how we're going to survive right but then he says something very Hebrew very Jewish that most Gentiles don't understand Jewish Jesus says, Mm -hmm. seek ye first the kingdom of God. And what that means is, as we know, find out what God is doing.
4: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) seek first the kingdom of God means go first. You got to go find out what God's doing what does that even mean i know that i know that uh that was actually a, a, a phrase made popular by henry blackaby go find what god is doing in the world and then join him you, you uh-huh so, so I, i'm supposed to launch what what is god doing i i have no idea what is what is he up to how am i supposed to find out do i look on the internet google it you know what is god up to right now um Okay, so seek first the kingdom of God means first find out what God is doing. Then what, Her- uh, uh, Larry? What's God's plan? Exactly. Seek first the kingdom yes. of God
2: and his righteousness. righteousness. Yeah. Yeah. The word righteous is the word where we get the word, we have the word stethka, Yeah, but it means charity, kindness. But more than but, yeah. The,
0: the, again, this is written for us in Greek. The righteousness of God, the Diakasune to theu, is uh, what it would say there in the Greek. And, uh, they, you know, we can talk about this because there's some cross-references. We'll have to do this. Hang on a second here. And it means justice. Yeah. So if we're going to have the windows of
5: heaven mm.
2: opened up for us as the righteous of yeah. God, I've been rich and I've been poor, right. but I've never seen the righteous, righteous. forsaken. Yeah. That doesn't mean... That 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 we who have no sin, yeah. it means we who are partnering with God Incredible. to heal a broken yeah. world, we will never be forsaken.
0: Mm. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is absurd. <laughs> so, we who partner with God to heal the world will never be forsaken. That's what Jesus meant when he said... Seek first the kingdom of God and and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Uh, You're going to need your Bible. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, I'll start at verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body. What will you put on? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? Uh And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field which today is alive, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Yeah, Jesus here is chastising them because they don't trust God and his kindness and his goodness towards them. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His righteousness. We'll talk about what this means here in a second. His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So here we've got this idea of the righteousness of God. The diakasune autu here. His righteousness is what it says there in the Greek. And what does that mean? Well, thankfully, Scripture interprets Scripture. Let me give you a passage that we can go to that will help us understand what the righteousness of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his, not yours, his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Well, let's check some cross-references. Philippians chapter 3, I'll start at verse 2. Paul, writing to the church at Philippi, says, Look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision, who worship worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus, and we put no confidence in the flesh. He's writing against the Judaizers, by the way. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, well, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews as to the law, a Pharisee as to zeal, a persecutor of church, as to righteousness under the law. Blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as a loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them, all of his good works under the Mosaic Covenant, all those things, I count them as rubbish. And the word there in Greek is a lot stronger. In order that I might gain Christ and be found in him, here we go, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Faith that I might know Him and the power of His resurrection, and may share in His sufferings. So Paul here is basically saying, you know, he's talking about the righteousness of God is the righteousness that is from God. It is the righteousness given to Christians by grace through faith, and it is the righteousness of God. Uh, Paul also uh, elaborates on this theme in Romans chapter three, where he writes. What then? Uh, chapter 3, verse 9. Are we Jews any better off? Well, no, not at all. We've already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood, and in their paths are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped or shut up, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human will be justified, that means to be declared righteous in God's sight, since through the law comes the knowledge of sin, but... Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over the former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Christ. In other words, you can literally say what's going on here is the righteousness of God, is the righteousness given to us that belongs to Christ, who is God in human flesh, but is imputed to us by grace through faith. This is why God reckons us as righteous by faith, because when Christ was on the cross, our sin was imputed to him as if he were the sinner and he was punished for our sins. And by grace through faith, when we're brought to penitent faith in Christ, Christ's perfect righteousness, the righteousness of God, is imputed to us as if we're the ones who live perfectly righteous under the law. You see, that's what's going on. So when Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you, and his chastisement for them is not having faith, he's calling them to trust and believe in God and believe that he is going to make them righteous by grace through faith on account of what Christ is doing. That's really what Christ is saying. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness does not mean, so go out and do good things in order to change the world. That's not at all what Jesus is talking about in the Sermon on the Mount. Larry Huck is engaging in a fast one. But the key to that is what we found in
2: the... In the teaching of Shiloh, Yeah. that in order for us to be faithful, we've got to understand that nothing we have is ours. Yeah. We hear all the time, "A tenth is of the Lord's." Right. Well, the Bible says, "A tenth is holy unto God." Right. But all, all of it, it, yeah, all of that we have—the
0: yeah. earth. So notice, all of a sudden, we're steering into a money teaching.
2: Is the large? Amen. The silver is the large. The
0: gold is the large. Yeah.
2: Everything that we have is the large. And so this is where we get the word steward. Yeah. Where the lord says, "Well done, thou oh. good and faithful
0: servant." Doulos.
2: Steward are the Hebrew word shalak.
0: Yeah. yeah, no Jesus didn't use the Hebrew word shaliach there. He used the Greek word doulos. That's what the Holy Spirit inspired. You're changing the words of the lord. One who is an agent, one who has the power
2: of attorney. And, mm. and and I know you've got something to share, but let me share this. How important is it that we are faithful stewards? Yeah. Nothing that we have is ours. Right. My life is not my own. Yeah. It's been bought with a price. Yes. How important is it Mm. that
0: we are faithful shallocks? You're not being a faithful steward when you're changing the words of the Bible.
2: Faithful agents. Yeah. Faithful stewards. The whole reason the world Mm -hmm. is a mess is because Adam and Eve were not faithful Shallocks, failed stewardship failed
0: st- how about rebellion against god's covenant in commands stewardship
2: and so when we realize that the lord is saying to us yeah. someday he's going to say to us yeah. well done thou good and faithful steward well done thou good and faithful Shallock." yes one who is sent by another yeah jesus says as my father sent me as a shallock of yes. heaven yeah now i'm sending you mm. and if we're going Amen. to see
0: the windows of heaven opened up if yeah. we're going to if we're going to see the windows of heaven open up like right now temporal blessings plopping out of heaven right onto your head you know it's going to be raining gold in your in your bedroom see salvation come on our friends and our
2: family yeah. If we're going to see the anointing of god God brings us
0: opportunities yes, he does. to make a difference yes, he in does. the world. So are you making a difference in the world with the opportunities that God's given you? If not, you can't open up the windows of heaven and get blessings, you know. We are faithful yeah. in that which is little.
5: Yeah.
2: If we are faithful agents of God, yes. Jesus came to
0: heal a broken world. Amen. He sends up He came to seek and save the lost. He came to to die on the cross for their sins heal a broken world he's going to destroy the heavens and the earth and make a new heavens and new earth what are you talking about
2: now to tikkun t- t- olam k- yeah. to heal a broken world and when we're faithful in that mm. there is no limit in these last days not someday but
0: today yeah god so if you're gonna tikkun t- olam you know repair the world then you know god's gonna give all kinds of and say well done good and faithful shaliach and uh you know and bless you now uh-huh This is utter nonsense. And yet, uh, Larry Huck is, in his ministry is pulling in millions upon millions of dollars every year from people who think that what this is, that they're being fed, is sound biblical doctrine. They're really learning the truth about Scripture. And in reality... Uh, they're not learning anything about what God's word says. They're being deceived and being taken advantage of because he's teaching for shameful gain the things that he ought not to teach. If you just sit down and start working it out, putting what he's you know the verses he's ripping out of context back in context, you can see what he's doing and notice that he's quoting Hebrew words in the New Testament. Uh huh. Yet the New Testament, God the Holy Spirit inspired it to be written in Koine Greek. Uh huh. Duplicitous, fast one, all designed to make a buck. All in the name of Jesus. And by the way, this is what it means to take God's name in vain. He's gonna to have to answer to Christ for all of this if he doesn't repent. All right, we're up on our second break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkback at fightingforthefaith.com, or you can subscribe on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there at Pirate Christian. Quick break when we come back. <laughs> Uh, a sermon called Hashtag Hashtag. No joke. Stay tuned. Don't want to miss it. We'll be right back.
3: If you want advice on how to have your best life now, you're in the wrong place. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith.
1: Pirate Christian Radio Theater presents
0: Death of a Salesman. Are ye a salesman? Why, yes, I am. Can I interest you in some...
3: You're listening to Byron Christian Radio. On January 2nd, college students and young adults are invited to Concordia University, Chicago for an evening drinking from the fire hose of the gospel. This Higher Things Lutheran Unconference starts and ends with worship. In between, seven incredible Lutheran pastors will speak for just 20 minutes each. Dinner will be provided with a Q&A session. Registration is just $100 per person. For more information, go to higherthings.org.
0: Number two of fighting for the faith. Why are Christians putting up with utter nonsense? Let's do this right, though.
6: Hey Cole.
0: The good, the bad, and then the the ugly. We review it all here at Fighting for the Fates. We're an equal opportunity sermon reviewing service. Today sermon? Yeah, just wait till you hear it. Comes to us from Momentum Church, Woodstock, Georgia. Stephanie Robinson presiding. She is the Connections coordinator out there at Momentum Church. The name of the sermon we'll be listening to is entitled Hashtag Hashtags. And um, all I can say is yeah I hope you're sitting down because this is more proof that the church has not been overcome by some elaborate subtle Bible twisting heresy. The, the church has literally been overrun by utter nonsense and this is just a prime example of this now um we'll note the fact here at the beginning that god's word forbids stephanie robinson from doing what she's doing it's clear though the way she handles the biblical text is is that she's into the and she's well trained in the what does the bible mean to you hermeneutic which is no way of arriving at biblical truth so i think you kind of got the idea let me go ahead and back off on the music and without any further ado here's the sermon hashtag hashtags stephanie robinson momentum church here we go
7: good morning we could all just watch that one more time and go home like i thought that's hilarious Oh, well, welcome to the first week in the Hashtag Hashtag Series. We are so glad that all of you are here today. Um, My name is Stephanie Robinson. I'm the Connections Coordinator here um, at Monson Church, and so I'm probably the person that you got an email from if it was your first time here. I heard a story recently that I didn't know. Um, Someone told me that I followed her to her car in the parking lot because I didn't get to see her before she left. If I did that, I'm sorry to creep you out. It was not my intention. I am just really, really glad that you are here today. I love our momentum family, and I want everyone to be able to be a part of it. Note, do not follow people to their cars. That's hashtag weird. Um...
0: (laughs) Hashtag weird, yeah. What I'm hearing is hashtag weird for sure. Um, We continue.
1: But anyway,
7: um, I very much enjoy social media um, if you don't follow me on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, it probably hurts my feelings um because i I do I, I enjoy I'm just kidding it doesn't hurt my feelings hashtag joke um but i really I really do enjoy it. I love hashtags mostly um just for fun I don't really like follow any like how you're supposed to use them. I just think it's hilarious to hashtag like really weird things and I enjoy watching things that are kind of or like seeing things that are funny. <coughs>
0: <laughs> Why should I care if you like social media or not? Are you like trolling for a date from, you know, by, you know, some guy in the audience? I mean, are you going to tell him you're a Scorpio too, you know, and you like long walks on the beach? <laughs> what is this?
7: Uh, so I wanted to share with you a couple of my favorite hashtags. Um this first one, I lost it. Um I don't know how to respond to compliments. A guy once told me my hair looked nice and I responded, "Thank i grew it hashtag why i'm single <laughs> those i find so funny this next one is especially um something that i can relate to pop rock cat litter hashtag why don't they make that oh and if you and everyone who owns cats in here laughs and everyone else is like
0: hashtag maybe this is why god's word forbids women from doing what she's doing right now
7: like oh you shouldn't do that to cats because you don't own cats you don't understand um, hashtags are funny. I love um, people who are just able to poke fun at themselves, like, on Twitter and stuff, especially white girls, because I am one, so I can say that. Um, this first one is they've taken a skeleton, like, one of the ones they use in, like, nursing school, and they make her do really white girl things, like, stereotypical white girl things. Like, I can't even. Um, hashtag, I can't even. Hashtag, literally on the mug. I think I said I can't even on someone's Facebook yesterday. So, as I say this, I realize I'm all Also making fun of myself. Uh,
0: I can't even. (laughs) What is this? What? This is a sermon?
7: Um, So this next one is um, her at the spa. Hashtag spa day. Hashtag vegan. Hashtag gluten free. Uh, Hashtag self care selfie. Hashtag beauty tips. Um, And this next one is also something you'll see me do often if you come by my office. Uh, Hashtag dead tired. See, uh, it's funny because she is a skeleton. Ah. Ah uh, yes. Hashtag selfie. Yes,
0: yeah, social media humor, you know. <laughs> Nothing beats it.
7: Hashtag insecure. Hashtag kiss the Mondays. Hashtag give me more of that Starbucks. So, anyway, I love this one. I think it's funny. I love to find little gems like this on the internet. This next one is a girl has taken a Barbie doll, and she has put it in all of, like, these stereotypical, like, hipster sort of situations. So, this first one is one of, like, a camera and a coffee cup, and it's, like, from top. Everyone has this friend, right? everyone have this friend that is like, really trendy that you wish you are? I have this coffee, check, camera, check, hashtag, let's go somewhere. Lots of fun hashtags. I don't hashtag this much, and that's how I know I'm not cool is because I don't use that many hashtags. Um, but I think that they're really funny. And as I'm looking through this, I'm like, I feel like I have seen these pictures before. Like, I recognize these pictures from somewhere, and I started realizing it. I have a friend. Her name is Mel, and she's fantastic, Um, like my little sister. I love her so much. And so I started looking through her pictures and realized they are the same. So this next picture is her coffee cup and her camera um, on the table. And I was like, oh, that's eerily similar. And as I started looking through more of them, they got creepier. So this next one is hers next to the Barbie doll. And I was like, oh, that's Mel. Someone is following you. Hashtag shop local. Hashtag Mun living. And then the next one is, like, all of their clothes laid out on their bed. And I was like, oh, they're the same person. And then this last one got me. I was like, you have got to be kidding. They are following you, looking at your life. It's like the train tracks and the funky ha- This is what, like,
0: a girl's slumber party sounds like. What is this?
7: Hat that I can't pull off and the trees in the background. I lost it. I was like, Mel, they're following you. This girl's copying your life with a Barbie doll. But anyway, that's the kind of stuff I fill my time with because I think that it's so funny.
0: Thanks for sharing. Yeah.
7: Um, when I said when people can, can poke fun at themselves and, and use social media for something other than being ridiculous um, because we know being ridiculous happens on social media. So um, today we're going to talk about a, a hashtag that I have a love-hate relationship with, hashtag Woman Crush Wednesday, WCW. What? Anyone heard of that? Anyone ever heard of Woman Crush Wednesday? No.
0: Okay.
7: Yeah? No? Has anyone ever been someone's Woman Crush Wednesday?
0: Not that I'm aware of.
7: Don't you love that? It's just like they post pictures of you, like a picture of you, and they're like, oh, hey, my woman crush Wednesday. And it's the woman who you think is pretty or that you love. Most of the guys do it, like with their girlfriend. I see some teenage guys. Did you make her your woman crush Wednesday? She's going to be mad at you. You should get on that this week um, because she is upset with you if you have not made her your woman crush Wednesday. So that's a pretty popular hashtag that you see, WCW. People post pictures of their boyfriend, or their boyfriends or girlfriends. Um, unless they're, unless you have a mean friends and they made you their woman crush Wednesday as a guy, I guess you could do that. Hashtag get new friends. They're, they're mean. Um, but anyway, so I think that as we, as we look today, guys, don't tune me out because I'm not going to give you everything you need to know about women, but you may find, um, cause that is a really long series. Um, but we are going to talk about some.
0: The, the, your, your goal, your, your objective in this sermon is to tell the guys About things they need to know about women. (laughs) What has happened to the church?
7: Things that I think you um, will also glean some light from today about the things that we talk about um, women and our desire to be somebody's woman crush Wednesday. And so um, we're going to pray here and we're going to jump right into God's word. So... Lord, thank you so much for being here with us today. God, I thank you for all the women um, and the men in this room. God, That you know who is here today? God, you created this day um, specifically with us in mind. God, and you created your word specifically for us to see it and learn and glean from its knowledge. God, so I pray as we go into this morning um, that you would speak uh, to people today the things that you would have us to know and walk in. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So we're going to start off in Genesis. Genesis 2. That's the chapter, verse 8. It's at the beginning, God, you know, in Genesis, God, um, you know, created everything because he had to have something to be able to write about. I don't know if that's how he thought of it, but it makes sense to me.
0: (laughs) So the reason why God created everything is so that he would have something to write about. Makes sense to you. (laughs) Thanks for sharing. We continue.
1: So he goes to create
7: um, the world, you know, the skies and the waters, and they're all the different places and everything. And so we're going to jump in in Chapter 2 and just kind of see what this says about the creation of woman. Um, So let's see, where did I say? Where did I say I was starting? Eight. There we go. Y'all are helpful. And y'all feel free to be verbally involved. this conversation. I'm not near as ADD as Pastor Ross is, so it will distract me, but not quite as bad. Hashtag, that's not funny. I shouldn't have said that. Um, Hashtag, don't tell him I said that. Um, Okay, verse 8. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the
1: east, and there he placed man he had made. The Lord made all sorts of trees. Trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful
7: and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of knowledge uh, of good and evil. A river flowed from the land of Eden, watering the garden and then dividing it into four branches. The first branch, called the Pishon, flowed around the entire land of Halah from, I'm sorry, where gold is found. That gold, the gold of that land,
0: Havilah,
7: is exceptionally pure. Aromatic resin. I
0: feel like I'm listening to a sermon from tour guide Barbie.
7: And onyx stone are also found there. The second branch is Gilhan. Float around the entire land of Cush. The third branch, called the Land of the Tigris, flowed east of the land of Ashur. The fourth branch is called Euphrates. So you get this beautiful picture of where God has placed, uh, has placed man. These, you know, where all of these beautiful, um, you know, what did it would say? The um, aromic resin, onyx stone, and how all of the trees have come up, and there's um, these rivers that flow through. And we just get this beautiful picture of what it must look like here, as God is, um, that what God has created. And then in verse 15, it says, The Lord God placed man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord warns him, You may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat this fruit, you will surely die. The Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. And I know, like, the Lord speaks to everyone differently through Scripture, and I'm pretty sure. Um, uh,
0: <laughs> the, Lord, <laughs> the Lord speaks differently to everybody through Scripture. Apparently, God's word doesn't actually have any real meaning. <laughs> Whatever it means to you.
7: um, In Tom, that's my husband's Bible, it says, I will make. A pain in the butt for him who is just right. Like helper, ah, that may be a stretch. Um, difficulty, yes. So if you read it however it reads. I said I'm pretty sure that's what Tom's Bible says. Um, and in verse 19, so the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals, all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them, and the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But there was still no helper. Right for him, so the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord took out of the man or one of the man's ribs, closed up the opening, and the Lord made a woman from the rib and brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, "If you are husband or boyfriend to anyone, you may go ahead and clap for that. No, you better.
1: Oh my gosh! Hashtag in trouble."
0: Uh, Why am I clapping and why are you giving me a guilt trip for not clapping? What just happened?
1: At last. At last. Helper. So I'm looking through
7: and I'm reading through this uh, before we get to the uh, last part. I'm looking at um, the scripture where you see all of these things that God has created. This beautiful garden, um, all of this, just so much life um, that he has created and beauty, beauty in this life that he has created. But he looks at it and he said, oh,
1: this is incomplete. This is missing something. And with his crowning glory, he makes a woman. Wow, like that should speak to us as women and should speak to you as a man. But it should speak
7: to us as women of what God has created us to be. The value that he has given us as women. That of all of these things. Ladies, next time you
1: see a sunrise and all of its beauty, I hope you look at it and say, Without me, this is not complete. Oh. Uh... Uh... (laughs) Uh.
0: (laughs) Yeah, sunrises are not complete without women. Yeah, I think that humanity, man and woman complete the species there, um, yeah, of mankind. Wow, is this bad. Whoa.
7: God looked at the mountains that he made. He looked at the rivers that he made, and he said, something is still missing.
0: No, that's not what happened. Um, Adam looked at creation and found that there was no helper suitable for him, and God you know, made, yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she's um, the connections um, person there at Momentum Churches. Actually, studied biblical hermeneutics. Oh boy!
7: And it was woman. I thought, what a neat picture um, to see, even at the, from the beginnings of the earth, that God puts value on woman and the who we are and what we bring to this world. Uh, and guys, like I said, I do not want, I don't want you to be lost in this because, again, I think that there is a lot here. Um, we were about to look at the characteristics of women and the things in our lives that we desire and that we long for um, that directly reflect the character of God. Which is weird because a lot of times we, we think of the Lord, we have like these... Um, masculine like pronouns and stuff we associate with him but really we reflect as women so much the the character of god and, and and men you do the same but in that masculine way but together as they come together it's a beautiful beautiful picture um if you haven't had the chance to read the book captivating ladies i would very much suggest that you read it i have a copy i would love to let you borrow um and in this book it walks through kind
0: you want me to read the book captivating ladies mm-hmm
7: Kind of the characteristics of God. I just want to highlight a couple quick things um, that I, when I read this book, I thought it gave me a good perspective on how we as women um, reflect the, the characteristics of God. So we're just going to look at a couple of those real fast. Um, the first is to be an irreplaceable part of an adventure. Um,
0: <laughs> so the important thing about women is that they're an irreplaceable part of an adventure right says no biblical text anywhere how are you getting that
7: we all kind of want that right like we all want to be part of something exciting that's happening and for you like some women it's like what's really exciting what the adventure i would love to be a part of is to go home to like a quiet house or no one's asking anything of me and I can watch Netflix and eat something that I put in the microwave that I didn't have to cook. And, like, that is an awesome, awesome idea of an evening for you. You love that. Like, that is, like, the best adventure. It's, like, one that, or one that you can read in a book.
0: Right. The adventure of eating comfort food while watching Netflix. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is this is sermon, folks. Um. Why would anyone want to get up on a Sunday morning to listen to this? How is this uh, accomplishing the discipleship task? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing and teaching all that I've commanded. Huh? Yeah, this is not discipleship. I don't know what this is. It's a train wreck for sure, but I, I have no idea what this is.
7: You can sit in the warmth of your home and just read that book, and that is exciting. That's something you would love to do. And other women, you're like, wow, I love. I'm looking at Jessica over here, like kayaking in the middle of nowhere, and probably get lost. But it's okay, cause I'll find my way out. You know, there's we want to be part of this adventure. Um, and that comes straight from the heart of God, because that's because um, we want.
0: We want to be part of an adventure that comes straight from the heart of God. Says no biblical text anywhere.
7: We want there to be one that only we can fill. Like we want to be that and like again irreplaceable part of this adventure. That I am needed for this, for for this adventure to happen. Like I am a vital part, and the Lord wants the same thing. Like He wants. Um, he doesn't want to be an option in your life. Like he wants to be a vital part of who you are and how you walk out your destiny. Because we all know we can choose to walk in the path that God has for us with Him, or we can. You know, we have that option. We have the free will to walk um, the life that you know that we would choose to.
0: So uh, Stephanie believes the false doctrine known as the dream destiny thingy doctrine, and she thinks she's she's believing what Christianity is all about. She's been deceived.
7: He wants that from us, is to be an irreplaceable part of our lives. Um, and one thing, as, as it talks about woman, when it says, that, when God said he made a helper for her, it says that that word is um, notoriously difficult to translate, um, and the word that it translate, translates out as is Izar kiningdo." I'm sorry, if you speak Hebrew, hashtag I don't.
0: At lo mevina va'ani mevine the uh, phrase in question, by the way, is etzer ka neged,"o and it, it means helper. In well, because of neged, it means uh, you know, kind of is opposite. So, but the uh, the the Hebrew word is um, It it means a helper, and it it occurs throughout the biblical text where God is our helper. But clearly, she doesn't know Hebrew. I would say to her. At
7: and so I don't know how to say that. Um, but basically that word comes down to, um, is only used uh, a handful of times more in the Bible. And when it speaks of that word, most of the time it's referring to God as being the helper that came. And, most, and every time that it's used, it wasn't used like, oh, he came to help them, you know, barely get by. It was, if, if God did not show up to help them at that time, they were lost. Whoever he was showing up to help, they were going to be done for if God did not show up in that place. So it wasn't a, oh, we're coming here to help you fold your laundry and wash the dishes. And I don't do those well. Sorry. Hashtag sorry, Tom. You'll hear me say that a lot. Uh, Hashtag sorry, Tom. I'm not even good for that. Um, To to help you do those things. Um, But again, you're not a supplementary character in somebody's life. That you are the helper. That without you in that irreplaceable part of this adventure, I said it will not happen. And again, we all long for that. And again, it's very reflective of the heart of God. Again, He wants to be essential to you, and not um, and not an option in your life. He wants you to need Him and need Him desperately. On um, the second thing we look at um, is to be romanced. We as women. Uh,
0: <clears throat> So apparently now we're going to get uh, some teaching on the importance of um, romancing women. Yeah, it's it's right there in Genesis too, you know.
7: Very much like to be romance. Hashtag Valentine's Day. Hashtag any other day. Like hashtag anything that you can do to swoon up. Like we would love that. It's just something that we do. And again, it looks different for everyone.
0: And why do I need to hear this in a sermon?
7: Like, some women are like, buy me chocolates and flowers. I love that. Then we're like, don't get me that. That's ridiculous. Take me to REI. I want to pick out some new rock climbing shoes. You know, I want to go to Barnes and Noble and pick out a book. Like, there's so many different characters because, again, we are all so different and also unique the way that God made us. Um, you know, but we all do. We all long for that, to, again, to be wanted. We as women have deep, um, connected relationships. Um, and God, again, God has given these qualities to women. Again, like we just we do, we, we desire that, that that intimacy. That's why if you go to parties you see like Guys in the kitchen like huddled around like chips and dip, and like women in the living room like sitting and talking about stuff. Like guys are probably talking about like, oh god, you know, chop down that tree today, or gotta you know change the oil in the carburetor and the step drive and crap. And <laughs> and like women are like, okay, so how are you doing? Oh yeah, we heard that you were going to do that. Oh did you get that house? Oh man, he's doing like oh, you know, it's like really deep and meaningful. Like it, even if it's just like they're thinking they're like concrete and the driveway is broken. I go over babe you know like i don't know i don't know what you talk about like i really don't i don't understand it um but you know what i mean like there is like if women
0: clearly your command of what men talk about is about as well firm as your command of hebrew
7: but have a chance to connect they're gonna connect and guys are like football and stuff and so anyway you laugh because it's true i start truth um and again in a, in a and, but God is not similar to that part, but also it's similar in that uh, He desires that deep, um, that deep, intimate, tender, loving relationship um, with us. But that is also, on that flip side, fiercely devoted. We were um, my, my mom and I were in Alaska on a missions trip, and we were walking through—it was this, like, really remote part of Alaska—and we um, were walking through the woods, and— these, we're with these guys that have, like, their little guns because there's bears in the woods in Alaska. They tell you that before you sign up for the trip, but there are. And they tell us, okay, at this point, we're going to split everyone up. And so you are going to walk in a straight line. And if you hear us say down, you drop to the ground because there's a bear. And then we get one shot to shoot them. And we don't want any of you in the way. So if we say drop, and, of course, I'm, like, 15, I'm like, yes, yes, sir. Yes, I can do that. That's all I know how to do right now is walk and drop. That's all I can do right now. Um And so they they tell us, all right, and if you have a, if you're a family member, if we have two people from the same family, go to opposite sides of the lines. Because if we do lose someone, we don't want to lose two members in the same family. And so now I'm like, I want my mom. You can't take me from my mom. And so, and then they're they're like, don't worry. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, sure. They're like, don't worry. The only reason
0: this is so painful to listen to, what is this
7: reason that this is we're ever going to have an issue is if you get between, if we you know if we're, the path that we're walking through gets between a mother and its cub, if you get between a woman and something that she that she cares deeply about, you are in trouble.
0: Like a Gucci bag.
7: <laughs> yeah, they all said amen. Yes, it, and there is that. That, again, that, um, that fierceness that comes with, when you're a woman, again, that is, that is deeply connected to God. Um, I love the way that this scripture um, talks about um, how, Jesus, you know, how Jesus speaks to us. It says in Jeremiah, it says, I, the Lord your God, I am a jealous God who will not share your affections with any other God. And then we see, again, just the, the language that he uses in Jeremiah 31, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Again, just a beautiful picture of, again, just this.
0: A- yeah, beautiful picture, God describing his love for us in the context of those who are uh, committing spiritual adultery through the sin of idolatry.
7: Ah. This romance, again, that we don't normally associate with Jesus. But it's, again, we are such a great reflection.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't want to talk about romancing Jesus. That creeps me out.
7: Of those things. And then the last one is a beauty to unveil. Um, God gave Eve, yes, a beautiful form and the figure, the way that she was physically created, but also, um, a beautiful spirit and the, and the desire to be able to express beauty with both of those things. Um,
0: how do you know this about Eve?
7: And again, much like God is the the essence of who he is. Again, we look at what he's created and it's just beautiful. The things that we look around our, our world and we see, God is in himself, the world in itself. While, yes, it is functional, it is primarily beautiful. And, again, just a beautiful picture of ourselves as women and how we reflect the heart of our Savior. Um, these things are things that we desire because, again, we reflect the image of God. And, unfortunately, we live in a world that would love to turn these things on their head and distract us, and rob yeah, us. Yeah, the
0: problem isn't the world. The world is the way it is because we're all sinners.
7: Us, from the fulfillment that we find in God. The fulfillment that we find when all these things that we talked about, when we find those things with who he has created us to be. And t- that temptation will rob us of the confidence that God wants us to walk in, the confidence that God and, and his fulfillment brings um, to our lives. There's def- You can tell when the woman walks in the room, and they've done studies about this, um, that they say, women, when you walk into a room, you immediately rank yourself with the other women in the room. So even subconsciously, we look and say, oh, okay, well... She dresses better, and her husband makes more money, or she makes more money, or her kids are well-behaved, you know, and whatever it is. And we rank ourselves on how we feel we measure up to the standard of a woman and what we believe a woman should be. And then we then we then use that, and we go talk to people who we feel like we're worthy enough to talk to, which makes no sense as I say it out of my mouth. But I feel like even sometimes I feel myself do that as we, as I walk into a room, and I think, well— here, so-and-so, and she's very well-respected. Very well-respected. Hashtag can't talk. Uh, hashtag Anastasia. Um, Very well-respected. And or she is very, I work at a university. She is very well-educated, Dr. So-and-so. Let me not put my resume next to hers, because I don't know if I quite measure up to that. And, again, we live in a world where we, we experience this temptation to try to Fill ourselves and fill our lives and find fulfillment in things outside of just simply knowing who he created us to be and the beauty that we find in that. Um, because really when it comes down to
0: Yeah, you talk about creation as if somehow we're all still good rather than that we are by nature sinful. Got a problem here.
1: To it. I said, He He is
7: enough. And we know that. With, I think we know that in our brains, but being able to connect that to our hearts and actions is is a lot more difficult. Um, So again, we look at some things um, that are some some temptation factors, if you will, Um, things that again want to rob us of the confidence and fulfillment. That God has for our lives.
0: Temptation factors that want to rob us of fulfillment. Because, you know, Christianity is all about, you know, being fulfilled. Uh-huh.
7: Um, so I'm going to try this example. <laughs> my ushers are so good. They put this out here for me. Um, I'm going to take a drink of my
1: example. Sorry. Hashtag forgot my water bottle. Hashtag always losing my water bottle. Um, sorry. Okay
7: so we 're going to try to use this as an example. This water bottle is currently full of water. Um, it is what gives this plastic container uh, weight. It is what gives this thing value because most likely I, you would not go to the store and buy this plastic water bottle without anything in it. Um, I went to the store and bought it because I had water in it um, that 's what gives it value that's what
0: so we're doing doctrine and theology. F- from a water bottle, okay?
7: What gives it weight is what, um, if I throw this at you, it's going to hurt. Um, but I won't do that because I'm hashtag a nice person. And so, anyway, so when we look at what it is full of, it is full of what brings it value. This plastic water bottle, um, if you're a hashtag recycler, you'll probably throw it in the bin. And it'll go and be melted down or you know, chopped down or whatever and remade probably into another plastic water bottle. Um, but why? again, what is inside it is what really gives it value. Um, and what we're tempted to do, as women and guys, you'll find this is probably true in your own lives, just in a different area, is give in to the temptation to fill this or to, um, yeah, to fill this with things outside of just what innately gives us value, and that's. Um what God created us to be, what the, the life he's going to live and, and
0: yeah, you're not making any sense because you're not actually exegeting a biblical text
7: um yeah, just and again what he what He's given us just in and of ourselves as creations of his, and um so what did that temptation look like? Um, when we say temptation, we automatically think of, like, sex. I think everyone in here is past second grade except for that little baby. That's what happens when you have sex. So the
0: f- <laughs> first thing you think of when you think of temptation is sex. Okay.
7: Um, no, no cute little thing like that in case you didn't know. Good job. Uh, he's super cute. Um, we think about that. Like, that's the initial thing. We're like, oh, temptation. Turn to church. Don't have sex before you're married. And well yes that is that is an aspect of temptation i feel like in our lives the world has pitted us against each other as women to where <laughs> some of the hardest temptations you will face is just speaking ill speaking down about other women like how many people you scroll through like your facebook or your instagram or whatever and you see pictures of other girls and you're like ah, her skin really isn't that great she has got a good filter on that You know, hashtag Amarillo or hashtag Nashville, whichever, whichever one is your favorite. Um, and when we do that, we do it trying to build ourselves up, but really we just give into that temptation to, to break each other down or that's really, well, if I didn't have to work 40 hours a week, my house would be clean too. And sorry guys that clean the floor. Um, or you know, if I didn't if I didn't have three kids, my body would look like that. You know, whatever it is, whatever that thing is in your life, that we give into this temptation, and slowly we lose what God initially wanted us to have by trying to put, by by, by doing those. Things.
0: Yeah, we lost all of that when Adam and Eve sinned and plunged us all into sin. You familiar with the the fall and what the Bible teaches regarding that
7: things? We lose ourselves little by little, trying to, if you will, take our take it in our, into our own hands. Um, I said the temptation that one that one's easy again because we we do it because social media is crap and makes us do crappy things. Um, <laughs> I hate it. Um So that's just an easy example. Again, because I I think that that is one of the one of the easiest things to do because there's nothing wrong with it, but man, we kill each other in the process. Um, other temptations. So
0: notice that uh, what she's preaching assumes that we're all good, um, and that it you know the, the temptations to do bad all percolate from outside of us rather than from inside. And Jesus makes it clear that sin has its origin within our hearts. And so she has a deficient view of sin. Let me read from Romans chapter 5. I'll start at verse 6 for a little bit of context. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. One will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore... We have now been justified, that means to be declared righteous by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. That's right, we were all by nature enemies of God. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Verse 12, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even though over those who sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one to come. Yeah, but the free gift is not like the trespass, for if the many So you see what's going on here, and that is is that this text teaches explicitly that we were all made sinners as a result of Adam's sin. And Stephanie here is basically describing us as basically good people who are being influenced badly by social media and hashtags and, and vicious people out there and gossipy women and shallow people and stuff like that. That's not the problem. The problem is we're, by nature, sinners. We continue.
7: Patience, like, um, again, that's might not be wrong, but when you speak to a coworker, your your male coworker, in a way that you know is inappropriate, it's like, well, that's not wrong if we just say those things. Well, you know that you shouldn't be saying that to your married co-worker. It's inappropriate, but it's not wrong. Um, in Romans, it says this, um... And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. Give your bodies to God um, because all of he has done for you. Let them be living and whole.
0: Yeah, she's reading Romans 12, (laughs) verse 2. Yeah, it's, therefore, in light of God's mercies. Yeah, referring to the gospel in the rest of the book. It's weird. Evangelicals think the book of Romans starts in Romans 12, verse 2. It's the weirdest thing.
7: Holy sacrifices, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good
1: and pleasing and perfect. It's so easy to give in to the temptations of this world. It's so easy to get that quick fix of affirmation to wear
7: that shirt or dress or whatever that probably is not work appropriate, you know, or whatever, because it's not, it's not wrong. But, and again, this is not a body shaming scene, ladies. Like, you are a parka. People are going to look at you, like, inappropriately. Like, it's just what happens. But it's what is your intention? Is your intention to dress that way because you are because you need that glance, because you need that affirming uh, second, second look, second glance? You know that thing that guys do? or got girls do it too, you know, that it's just like, I, I need that. I need people to look at me and want me. I need people, I need to feel wanted. Um, you know, there's that temptation. I said, and as we do these things, we look to pour value in, ugh, it's okay, this is mine, I can break it. Uh, hashtag, oops, hashtag no more sweet tea. Um, anyway, no more sweet tea anyway. So we try to fill ourselves with this affirmation that doesn't come from God try to fill ourselves and find value in things outside of what he's just simply created us to be. Um and again it's easy to look at things um like sexual promiscuity. Like like having sex before you get married. Like that is a deep um just something God, God, God wasn't trying to ruin your fun. Like
0: it was not You're going to talk about the fact that that's a sin. That that might help these people. We're supposed to proclaim repentance and the forgiveness of sins. Sex before marriage and all of its forms um, and, and by the way um, you know same sex marriage is a sin period you know um, that 's all sin, and Christ bled and died for that she doesn 't sound very comfortable dealing with sin as sin and calling people to repent and be forgiven so it's it 's weird because she 's like soft pedaling all of this stuff
7: not his goal his goal is was to help. Prevent you from a lot of hurt and emotional pain. Like yes, sin is sin. I said, lie to your boss that, that you're you
0: good. Know, Glad you heard. You've actually said the phrase sin. Now are you going to preach Christ's name crucified as the solution and us being forgiven?
7: You know, sick and you take the day off. That is a lie. Sin is sin. What, whatever. I said, but one you will
0: whatever. Oh boy,
7: will live with emotional consequences long after that event has taken place. That there is gravity that comes with some sins over others. And while God is, thank goodness, a good, redeeming God.
0: Yeah, let's talk more about that.
7: There are things in your life that will, that will walk with you.
0: That wasn't even a gospel nugget.
7: And it will take time for
0: Yeah, the thing is, you're preaching to people where, you know, let's, how do I put this? The cow's already out of the barn on this stuff and they already have all these emotional scars that you're talking about and guilt. They're going to need that gracious, merciful, forgiving and redeeming God right now.
7: For him to heal those wounds that you didn't have to. Um, He said, (laughs) there are so many things we try to fill ourselves
1: full of. As we give into those temptations, it it leaves us empty. And unfortunately,
7: most times, the more you try, the quicker, the more holes you put, the more temptation you give into, the quicker this bottle empties until you're left empty, floating on a sea that you
1: never intended to sail on. It's amazing how quickly those things are lost on us. So there's a lot of that we as women feel like we need to live up to, especially physically.
7: Like, oh my goodness, have you seen some of the sponsored ads that come through Instagram now? I'm just like, not going to look like her. Not going to look like her. Like women, can I tell you, like there is no physical frame that you should want to fit in that will compromise your health. And if you struggle with that, so if we're going to pray for you today, but we also want to be able to connect you with someone who can help you because that is a serious, serious issue that, we, that no one should have to live with, that no one should have to strive so hard um,
1: to fit a mold that, that is killing the beautiful body that God has given you to walk and live in. But there's temptation. You know, oh, everyone else is doing the South
7: California... Like, diet, pepper, paprika diet. I should do that, too. It's, bikini, it's bikini season. No, there's temptation when we give in to it. say, no, I have to do this way. And it's kind of like Pastor Ross was talking about last week. When you hold on um, to those things, that's what we were talking
1: about, uh, finances, you hold on to those things so tight that it's basically saying, "I don't, God, I don't trust you. God, I don't. I don't trust you to
7: affirm me. I don't trust you. I don't trust you to fulfill me, just in who you've made me to be. I don't trust you with my future spouse. Um, I'm going to date until dating is all dated up. Um, actually, that doesn't make sense, um, but you know what I mean. Um, because I don't. Tr- I don't trust. That if I just walk in the plan that you have for me, you're going to bring me the right person along the way. I am so lucky. And I know that you hear me talk about Barbara Graves all the time. You probably think I have like an unhealthy adoration. And maybe it's true, but God, I am thankful for the woman that I got to watch growing up. I believe the time in my life that I, um, or that I walked through this dark, those dark, dark hours of the night were probably made a lot shorter by having a woman that I could look to. My mom said, listen, Stephanie,
1: life is going to be unfulfilling if you try to fill it with anything but Jesus. I look at her life, and people in her life have let her down.
7: The People in her life that were supposed to come around her and comfort her and bring her support and be fulfilling
1: in certain relationships, they have let her down. But through it, I've been able to see a woman who found the thing that God has called her to do
7: and done it and walks in...
0: Rather than a woman who's found Christ and the forgiveness of sins, right? Yeah.
1: In a beautiful fulfillment because she's doing what God created her to do. Like that is what I want to be able to do.
0: Your Your dream destiny thingy, right?
7: God, who did you create me to be and walk in that because guys are sorry men are gonna let you down because they're human it's not their fault they are human your parents
0: uh yeah we're sinful fallen humans and yeah when we sin and let people down it is our fault we are culpable for our sins
7: your kids again we're sorry for that as kids Parents, what we do to you. But do take hope that eventually your teenage girls will be me talking about how great you are as a mom. Like, that's gonna happen one day for you, I promise. I apologize. Like, it's gonna happen. She's like leaning over on her desk, sorry. Thank you for replacing my $130 iPhone
1: screen. Hashtag really happened, hashtag real life. Um, but when those things, <laughs> but when those things in life happen, Again, the inevitable things,
7: when you walk solidly and let God bring you that weight that you need and
1: find that fulfillment in him, you're able to walk through those storms, yes, blown and battered, but, oh, the anchor holds. Because, again, we've, we somehow have decided in our minds that we have a better idea of what is good for us in God let me tell you God did not create in you a void that he himself cannot fill he did not create within you a desire for any of those things again that we talked about that we as women want
0: yeah um talking about our desires as you know apart from our sinful nature and the fact that we are fallen and have sinful desires not a smart thing to do here. This is really all about feelings and very subjective, and not based upon anything that God's Word clearly teaches. Yeah, the the, the purpose of a sermon is actually to preach the Word, um, or at least that's the thing that's supposed to be happening during a sermon. You know what I mean?
1: That He Himself cannot fill. He is enough. Him, who you, or who he created you to be. My mom often said as we were growing up, that
7: while it's romantic to be like, oh, you complete me. Like, that does not really exist. Like, oh, it's so nice. But really, when we look at this puzzle piece of our heart that God has crafted together, like, yes, there is a hole, and he fills that.
1: And then whoever God brings into your life, again, is that loving companion, is that helper to you you just make that whole, your whole life better again he did not create and you void that he cannot fill
0: uh <coughs> <coughs> oh, this is painful man the the uh, the myth of the god shaped hole in your heart oh man this is just just so shallow and nonsensical I mean, the, oh, I can't believe the people are not leaving in droves saying this is a complete waste of their time.
7: So just in closing, we just want to look at a few things. And then we've talked about this
1: idea of beauty, what beauty really is. And at first, is beauty has words. Everyone likes poetry. Like, everyone likes when things rhyme. It just sounds nice. It just sounds pretty. You ever been around people who just, like, the way that they talk is just,
7: like, nice and poetic? That's, like, one reason I love coming to this church is Pastor Ross always, like, has services with, like, alliteration. It's always, like, walking dread, debt and dollar. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's always it's always, like, nice. And there's comfort in that. But beauty has words. Like, the way that you speak to people, there is beauty in that, ladies. Like, you can, I, can, I know when I've been around people that are beautiful just in the words that they speak, because I leave feeling refreshed. Like, I want to be a woman that when people leave their interactions with me, they have, they have felt God's presence and his beauty just by the words that we say. The encouraging things that we say to each other. When the world says, no, put her down. No, that's going to make you feel better, you know, about the way that you dress or the things that you say or your size or whatever. No.
1: There's beauty in your words. You have a beauty to bring to this world just by the words that you speak. Next is beauty has hands. There is work that you have to do.
0: So we've just abandoned Scripture now, and we're off into, you know, vague sentimentalities rather than actually anything that has to do with what God's Word says. This is the exact opposite of what disciples are supposed to be doing or what disciple-makers are supposed to be doing when they're discipling others in Christianity. There's no discipleship going on here. This is just nonsense.
7: And it's not like... Making cute little Pinterest things, you know it's like I made this whole bed out of pallet wood, you know, or like whatever, like I went and found all these twigs in the forest, and they made this beautiful little centerpiece, like wow, that is beautiful, and it is I say that because i 'm hashtag jealous because I don't do those things your hands, the things that you do for others, wherever Mary nobles is, she like. Add her to my meal train because she brings a beautiful like pot of seeds. Like every time she's on someone's meal train, I was like, "Yes, Mary Nobles, please bring that to me." The way that we serve each other—if we can stand hand in hand with other women—if we can put off this thing that the world has said to us that we can we'll feel better about ourselves if we can if we can.
0: Cue sappy music. This is an emotional manipulation technique designed to create the false impression that God the Holy Spirit is now descending on the audience, getting them to make decisions of some kind.
7: Push other women away from us and somehow separate ourselves to lift ourselves up. If we can get away from that, oh man, there is a generation of girls who need to be able to see that. They need that model to them. Let me tell you, the world does not give girls a fighting chance.
0: And now we're getting emotional.
7: who is happy that the internet like created after you did all your stupid stuff? like yes, thank the Lord, so <laughs> they are they don't get that. they have been robbed of the chance to make their dumb decisions before they were plastered forever on the internet, and time hop does not help. it just brings it back around to you all your stupid decisions you made. If we can join hand in hand with other women, we can be able to show these girls, this, this is going to leave you empty. Don't post that picture on Facebook. Don't take that nude selfie and send it to your boyfriend. Because while that affirmation is there, it is fleeting. This will not
0: last. Are we going to talk about sin as sin and repentance and the forgiveness of sins and a crucified and risen Savior who bled and died for these sins? Seriously. It's like she's completely oblivious to these categories, and they're biblical.
1: It's just going to take more. You're going to have to give
7: more of yourself. You're going to have to pour more of yourself into another quick fix that will not satisfy you. They need a generation of women who will encourage each other. They'll need a generation of women who'll say,
0: Yeah, that's the solution for our sin problem. A generation of women who encourage each other. Yeah, that'll solve our sin problem right up there. Yeah.
7: Let me take you under my wing and show you what it means to be a woman who reflects the heart of God. Beauty has hands. and It's even more beautiful when we, when we enter inner them with each other and the last is that beauty has heart and again yes you are made with a beautiful beautiful form God knew that when he made you and all the husbands in the house said, amen they made you with a beautiful beautiful heart beautiful soul and you know those people like I know that you can like just look back in your mind and know, those are the people, those are the women that I remember that in my darkest hour I found, they found, most of the time they found me. because They saw the hurt in my eyes and their hearts were open to me.
1: God created you for a reason and a purpose. And he has...
0: Your dream destiny thingy will save you.
7: Love and affirmation that you need, and no matter where in this spectrum of things, a spectrum of temptation, where you felt, one thing I love about God and His love and His character and there is there's so there's so much redemption. The things that we felt tempted by and fell to, oh, there's shame associated. That God comes through and makes it all clean. He lets us start over as many times as we
0: beautiful yeah that's not the gospel he lets us start over anytime we need to yeah no because if you start over then you're still responsible for you know getting it right no christ dies for all of your sins because doesn't matter how many times he gives you a fresh restart you're gonna mess it up that's why he dies for all of your iniquity all of your ungodliness <sighs> wow this is not christianity i don't know what this is
7: picture of grace. And if you're a mom in this place, I'm sure that that rings exponentially true to you, especially through your toddler years with children. But yes, they fail, but man, there's grace. And I love to see the redemption the redeeming qualities of that even in my own life. Like I look at myself in a time that of going through trying to fill myself with quick fix affirmation, quick fix value. Left me empty, and then finally coming to a place where I felt my value completely in him. And yeah, it's nice. We want that romance. It's who you are. Don't deny yourself that. We want that affirmation. me.
0: It's who you are. Don't deny yourself that. I, yeah, I, I have no idea. I I'm totally lost with all of this
7: the arms of Jesus will wrap around you stronger than any man's will. I love in finding that in myself and God brought me a unfortunate soul. We all now call Tom Robinson. And one of the things, I always call him handsome. You'll hear me say that, hey handsome, can you come help me with this? Most of the time, that is the exact phrase you hear me say, can you come help me with this? Whether we're at the, at the house or at the mall or at the Walmart or whatever. i say, hey, handsome. And he'll turn around. And I love it because people think he's super egotistical when, when, he, when he turns around and answers to it. But he answers because he knows my voice. And because if anybody else in this room says, hey, handsome, he will not turn around. But if he hears me say it, he knows my voice. It comes from the intimacy that we have. The intimacy that God has given us. The intimacy that my heart reflects as a woman. The ladies, he's calling to you. This is beautiful. You are my woman crush Wednesday. You are my woman crush every day.
0: So Jesus is telling these women that they're his woman crush Wednesday. Wow, Jesus really knows his way into a woman's heart. Wow. I I don't know what this is. The sun is going to
1: set today,
7: and I hope as you see it, you look at it and say, it's incomplete without me. It's beautiful. But God knew when he made it that I would be here, and I would
1: complete it. And I hope if you struggle in
7: any of those areas today, that you'll leave this place today knowing I can continue to try to fill those quick fixes of love and affirmation. I can choose to dig in deep, to know the voice of God and let him tell me, affirm me, and bring that value to my life. Mm,
0: so the voice of God's going to affirm you. Really? Really? I have no idea what that means. Not in the Bible.
7: Cannot create in you a need that he cannot fill.
0: Yeah, the problem is your subjective feelings, needs, and desires are tainted by sin.
1: Ladies, would you stand? We're going to pray for you today.
0: Done. Wow. Yeah, that was a train wreck. Um, wh- what has happened to Christianity? Why are people who call themselves Christians putting up with this nonsense? Why are they financially supporting the ministries of people who are starving them to death and blatantly and egregiously disobeying the written word of God? Yeah, waterless rain clouds indeed. What'd you think? Love to get your feedback. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkback at com, or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash PyroChristian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there at PyroChristian. Till tomorrow, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ, by vicarious death on the cross, for all your sins. Amen.